Space, but yeah. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh yeah, of course. And you know, it's great that you're doing this. Oh yeah. I think it's it's something, you know, you're getting out there, you know, putting it out there. Um, obviously still new and it's growing, but there's just, it's super fun to do, obviously uh -huh. getting your thoughts out, but there's just so much room to grow. It's, this yeah, it's space. a fun thing to just get into. And, and, and not a lot of people I would say are willing to do. Oh yeah, podcasting. Yeah. So I think some people underestimate you know, uh, and it's like how much work looks, and how much yeah. you know you have to get out of your comfort zone uh -huh. sometimes doing this. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's a lot of preparation, a lot of stuff goes into oh, it crazy. that people don't realize behind the scenes stuff, mm -hmm. just getting episodes together, all that stuff yeah. lined up. So yeah. yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to put oh, this yeah, stuff together. I know of you course. did a little bit of work. So. Yeah, and I know you. You have a few things you want to talk about. Oh, we're gonna have a good episode. <laughs> Cancel culture is a serious issue in our society. Thing that needs, needs to be addressed. To um, I don't know a whole lot about it. I just did a little bit of research about it before you came on, but I'd love to have you talk about it some. Are you big into like politics, anything um, like that? Do you I'm, I'm, I like politics. I like um, talking about it. I like this and that, but I'm not like over dramatic about it. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not too into it, but I like, yeah. I like hearing about it and stuff like that. Um, so I would say like as of recently, like I think cancel culture has always been an issue, uh, but I think within the last like couple years, it's just been really highlighted and especially in this political world of um being politically correct um beliefs on both sides you know free speech all these different issues and so i think in the last couple of years it's just gotten so like ridiculous especially you know you and i can sit here and attest to mm -hmm. just seeing some of the crazy and even like in the past like two years how things oh, have changed so terrible. much you can't even it's like people were afraid to express any idea mm -hmm. they have on any sort of and, issue yeah without some sort of like repercussion, whether it's your, even at your job, expressing mm -hmm. your political beliefs. And it's super, super like poisonous to our society because mm -hmm. everybody's just walking on eggshells at this point. And you lose this touch of like part of our humanity. Almost. You lose a touch of what reality is and a touch of like human interaction almost, like, or expressing yourself. Absolutely, and I think like intellectually too, we lose this huge component of like expressing ideas between each mm -hmm. other. Because you might disagree with me on a subject. Nobody has to have the same belief on anything, but a lot of people have this connotation where if I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, and it's almost like this issue of like, if you're not, if you don't think what I think, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Exactly. And that's where we run into this massive issue of cancel culture because it's like, you say one thing that I think offends me, and I'm gonna make sure I ruin your life over it. And we're getting to a point where it's like, just even saying, in particular in the realm of like, people losing in Hollywood, especially because the Hollywood elite, that's a very very um, liberal, right, very right. liberal uh -huh. group of people. So it's almost so bad to this point where it's like, if you express that you don't have maybe the same views on maybe Black Lives Matter, or who should be president, this, that, whatever, well, we don't, your movie yeah. career is over. You know, we don't exactly. want any part of you. Yeah, because I don't know about many celebrities that have been canceled. Um, I don't look too into that. But it almost seems like it's a war between like two different factions. And I think it just reached this really bad tipping point in the sense of like, just a crazy amount of 
we deplatformed the president of the United States while in office. Right. Off false accusations of like, well, this is what we think you meant by that. Or, you know, like they obviously blame Trump for causing an insurrection when obviously you can go back in the tape and logic tells you that people make their own decisions and what mm-hmm. they do is nobody else's fault but themselves. Yeah, exactly. We deplatformed the president of the United States. What's to say they can't, they, can't they, deplatform they can't anybody? Anybody, exactly. And that, that's scary just uh-huh. to think about that you just speaking and just uh-huh. having your own thoughts is not it's, accepted in society and, anymore. You know, I'm just having fun with this podcast, but somebody could see it, take the wrong way, say, oh, he's a bad person. He can't do this. He can't talk about this. Why is he doing that? And it's it's a scary thing. It is scary, you know, because there's that thought of like, oh, that could affect other parts of my life. And it could. But the only way we're going to solve something like this is being like, I don't even care. Like, mm-hmm. you try that. Right. And even if maybe you succeed, maybe, you know, this opportunity's door closed, there's all these other opportunities that open. But we're never going to fix this as a society unless we start being like, okay, we're going to – we have to get back to sharing those thoughts with each other, having these conversations. We need to be more attentive to it, more aware of it. Do you think it's a way for people to feel more powerful or get into ways of being in power? Yes, and the uh, reason I think that is power today is like almost – it's your fame, like your social media presence mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. hot of a topic you are. And it's almost like some of these things are just blown up. It's like, how famous or how trending can I get on Twitter? Right. Right? So it's not even – that's the power that we're feeling over people. It's this temporary power. You're going to have your 15 minutes of fame. But mm-hmm. it's like everybody's reaching for all these different things. What can I do to make a spectacle out of a situation? They're reaching for things that aren't necessarily there, not necessarily that they oh. can reach for. Yeah. like, and, and they're digging up things that are some far away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you go back to the situation like Kevin Hart. He had made uh, comments about his son, you know, a gay joke. You know, right. 10 years, 10 years later, it resurfaces. Right. And it almost like it takes a huge hit on And didn't he Kevin apologize Hart's. for it? And that's, it that's the biggest issue is this is like, oh, I'm going to apologize. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is don't ever apologize. The reason you don't want to apologize is because it's never going to be enough. For those people. That is, that is a very so good, you good saying point. you're sorry is not like, oh, I said I'm sorry. They're going to be okay with it now. The thing is, it's you're never sorry enough, and so they're just going to make it worse and worse and worse. And you're going to dig yourself this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then you're going to start, you're almost becoming this, you're letting them step on top of you. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on what you say, obviously. But like, I don't think Kevin Hart should have apologized. He's like 10 years ago. That was I completely mean, acceptable to say. Even if that was a bad thing back then, back then, you know, he's probably grown as a person, he's changed as a person, oh, yeah. and he's had so much more fame and realizes more of this stuff and it's, whatever maybe. And and, I, and people forget or they choose to ignore. I, I think it's more a choose to ignore. But there's things that you could have said last month. You can't even say now. Oh, yeah. What's okay last month isn't okay now. Things are changing so quickly in society that – you know, tomorrow we're not going to be able to say something about anything. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't say this about this person because it offends them. And I, I find if you allow that to just continue the way it is, we're never going to get back to a point. We're going to get to a point where, you know, England, Canada, like free speech is almost ceasing to exist. It's almost like a domino effect where one just affects another and it keeps going, keeps snowballing. And it's, it's a scary thing to see and how it happens. And the fact that free speech is under contention when this was a set and this is a god-given right which means it cannot be taken from me like the mm-hmm. government's job is not to take things from me it's to protect me 
from anything that would prohibit me from giving my, my God-given rights, which is free speech, bear, right to bear arms, all these things. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the realm of like, I'm not saying when I say that you silencing me, I'm not, I don't want to silence you either. I want you to be able to say what you want to right, say. Right. If you're offended by something that I said, I want you to express that to uh-huh. me. And tell and me you, why you're offended by yeah. it. Tell me why it triggers you, whatnot, and we can have a real conversation about it. Yeah. We can both grow from it. In the same sense, it's like you tell me why you're mad. You explain to me why it is that's an issue for you. But that doesn't mean I have to accept what you right. say, exactly. and I can stand by what I say. Exactly. And so I have a couple, of, you know, huge takes. That's like, I personally don't believe male privilege exists. Oh, I, I mean, I agree with you there. I think a lot of it is females. They're trying to become more powerful. They're trying to become above men. And that's the thing, though, is too, is, is like when I say something like that, the first reaction is, is you're mm-hmm. sexist, you know, this, mm-hmm. that, whatever. It's like I, I want women to succeed. But here's uh-huh. what we have to understand. It's like you have to look at – everyone forgets facts. And facts don't care about your feelings whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. People have to remember, I don't care how you feel – the facts don't show the male privilege is thing. Men are 18 times more likely to be violently assaulted than women. You look at the norm of men can be assaulted by women, and there's really no repercussion when you think about that. Yeah. But if a man hits a woman, obviously that's, I mean, he's a piece of shit in general, but mm-hmm. if you're being assaulted, you should have the right to protect yourself exactly. instead of being assaulted. For also, for example, you look at the pay gap. That's no longer a thing. Pay gap's not a thing. Right. The, the highest earning... Um, group in America is actually the minority of Asian women, older Asian women. Everybody has the same, you know, rights. And I think, no matter the gender. I think some of it is people, like you said, looking. They don't look at the facts. They don't understand this. They don't. They're not exposed to it. And and that's a big thing is when I make claims such as that. They're obviously bold claims, and they're such against the norm. People don't sit there like they just blow because they don't. They don't dig into it. It's like I can see on the surface why that hurts you, but that's because you're looking at, you're getting your shit off Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I sit there and ask them the most basic question. So please tell me what right is afforded to men that is not afforded to women? That is a very good point. Right? Yeah. You know, this isn't 1920 anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you have voting rights now. Pay gap's not the same. They have the same rights as we do, as us men. And that uneducated comes back and it's like, oh, pay gap. It's like, well, I can prove to you right now statistically that women are... Literally, it's starting to teeter where women are making more than men now. Yeah, women are in more positions of power than men. It's starting to just teeter, and here soon, I think the next couple of years, women are going to be where men were ten years ago. I mean, yeah, and, and also it's like women are like trying to be equal to men, and you know when you have this whole transgender issue, it's like, well, the thing is, is we're unique. You know, mm-hmm. we're obviously physiologically made completely different. Women are just they're not going to be as physically strong or athletic. Yeah. As men are, but that doesn't mean that you're any less than us. You're, you're yeah. unique in your own way. You have yeah. better paint on. It's like you think a man could go through birth. <laughs> I, I wouldn't I mean, want to try. I couldn't. Exactly. I've seen, I've seen like the BuzzFeed videos or whatever where men try. And, exactly. I'm like, nah. Women's paint talents. Women are better Give at caring uh-huh. for children and raising. Uh-huh. Like they have their own specific roles, and I think everybody just gets away from this. Well, we're not equal. Well, the world's not fair, and uh-huh. we weren't. Nobody was made to be equal. Uh-huh. Like you and I, we can treat each other as equals respect but it doesn't mean we're equal in any sense you're right. better at things that that i'm not and i'm better at things than exactly. that you're not exactly. like it's, it's just the way the world works and being the same and trying to be equal one is boring <laughs> two you're not going to get anywhere you're going to hit the ceiling cap of like well let's make everybody equal and have this equal outcome it's like we don't want classes anymore you know 
wage like wage classes and stuff. Right. You know, why are all the rich people benefiting from the poor people? Well, if you really think about it, the rich people do all the heavy lifting in this country. I think ninety five percent of our tax bracket or taxes paid in per year are by the top one percent. So five percent of the taxes given to the government in a year, and you think about it, that's a lot. Ninety five percent of that comes from rich people. Yeah. And yet we sit here and complain about how they're it's like they're doing the heavy lifting. I mean, in a sense, they are above us, but they are also equal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and but I think everybody just looks at it wrong. It's like, but those people got there for a reason too. Right. It's like exactly. you live in America, and this it, all this that I, you know you talk about equal. It all literally ties into all these different arguments. You even have that argument of mm-hmm. you know black people are oppressed in this country. Well, that's not true. That's it's not 1960 anymore. There's no law in place that again that doesn't afford them. you the same rights I do. And people mm-hmm. think, well, poverty. Well, that's not the case, you know, a reason for that. You have to look into why maybe that is. And in the world we live in, you've got to go out and make stuff happen. You can't just expect it to happen. You just no. can't expect everything to fall into place. You've got to go out and do it exactly. yourself. And and when I say it was like, well, these people are poor. And it's like, well, look at maybe welfare. You know, welfare started, single motherhood rate in the black community went from 20 to 70%. You think that has an issue with it? Like, Fathers not being in the household, and it's comparable to men, white men who have no father in the household too. Like you have to look at that. Like just no father figure in general affects a lot, mm-hmm. and you see violence rate. It's like fifty percent of the crime in America is caused by thirteen percent of the population right. African American. Well, why is that? The main point behind it is always like, what's stopping you from doing what you want to do? Does everybody has their own path? There's his own path right. of hardness, and yours. You might have started in a place a little lower than me. That's not necessarily a privilege. You, it's not. It's not a privilege based on your skin. It's it a was, privilege based on your situation. Mm-hmm. It's a totally it was, you were born something that you cannot control into a better situation than another person yeah, was. But that doesn't mean that it's doesn't a skin mean, color privilege. Exactly. And that's where we get. It's like, well, that's your white privilege. Well, that doesn't exist. White privilege doesn't exist it's, today. It's not a, today. It today. Today. It used it's to. A, it used to, and it's a thing that we built up in our head that still exists, and it's still an issue. But and we're looking for excuses. We're clawing for these things, and it's so toxic because we have all these leaders in our country. Where it's like, again, everyone's walking on eggshells. It all ties in this cancel culture thing. We have all these leaders telling black people they're oppressed. And I think there's nothing more racist or oppressive than that. That in itself is oppressive. To tell a group of people that you're already at a disadvantage, you can't do this because people are against you, this, that, whatever. You telling people that, extremely oppressive because they believe that. And a lot of people may get offended by this, and I'm sorry if you do, but we're looking at the facts, basically purely the facts. And... Yeah. And saying I'm, I'm our opinion to, about these facts. Yeah. And I'm not here to piss off anyone no. or put anyone down. It's like, I like people. I think mm-hmm. every single life matters. I could uh-huh. care less what your skin color is. I'm mm-hmm. not. Every single person yeah. was put here for a reason. Yeah. And they're all equal. They all matter for a reason. Yeah. And I can classify as white, but I technically am not. I could also classify as other. I wasn't even born in America. And so you think about it, it's like my life. You know, I was adopted in Russia. Uh, in an orphanage I have no idea who my parents are you know that in itself yeah yeah, that in itself it's like my life started a lot harder uh than 99% of the country of America people who look at you for the first time oh he was oh yeah you just you look at my situation you assume yeah and I was adopted by you know two very loving parents Mm -hmm. who you know worked hard in their careers and you know do well for themselves and I grew up um, you know, after being adopted, I really didn't have a hard childhood, I would say. Everything mm-hmm. was 
given to me what I needed to do. Yeah. But my like outcome, like when you look at the percentage of like what kind of outcome my life could have had that I had no control over is a lot lower than being born black in America. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's like being born black in America or being born Asian in America or even white, there's no difference of like based on your skin that's holding you back from the dreams. Whether whether you're born poor, middle class, upper middle class, rich, we're basically all given the same opportunities. It may be harder for other for people to achieve those opportunities, achieve those yeah, dreams, but we're all given the same opportunities. Exactly. You might have a little harder path than I do mm-hmm. because I might have a couple opportunities that you didn't, but you have your own set of opportunities that lead you in your mm-hmm. own way. And I think the beautiful thing about America, and, and we have to get back to thinking about how great America is because it really is. Like everyone's so focused on like, ooh, well, what did they do 150 years ago when you know they came to America, when they settled? That has no effect on you anymore. We had our own mistakes, but we're one, the most progressive country in the history of the world. We're for one, we have to get back to this thinking of like how great America really is because one, we're the most progressive country in the history of the world. That's just uh-huh. a fact. We went from slavery in less than 150 years as a nation, we progressed out of that. You look at Middle Eastern countries you now, slavery is still in practice over in the Middle East. Yeah. You know, indentured servants. Like that, slavery still exists in the world today, in other countries, and people don't think about that. It is the only country in the world that is easiest to jump classes, to go from poor to rich. Right. I mean, we see people uh-huh. go from see, poor to rich overnight. It is see, the easiest country to do you that. You see a lot of like celebrities and athletes and whatnot that were born into hard lives, yeah. into poverty. Like you can look at a guy like Jimmy Butler. He was born with no parents basically, but he went to Marquette, he worked his ass off to get there. He's in the NBA, made it to the NBA Finals last year, and he really grinded to get there. And I think people need to look at stories like that more. Mm -hmm. And sign a max extension. You know, you look at examples, you know, LeBron James. You look at all these athletes that came from nothing. And it's not just athletes, business people, the attorney generals. Like, there's no way, there's always a way to get to where you want to go. Correct. Yeah. And we're just we continue to get away from that. We continue to tell black people that they're oppressed mm-hmm. or people of anything. You know, you see Asian hate crimes now, even too. Yeah. It's like, but one yeah. thing people don't know, it's like th- this not educating yourself is where we dig ourselves holes mm-hmm. and where these n- wrong narratives born. And it's like eighty five percent of Asian hate crimes committed in America are by black people. But it's like, but it's like we're not blaming you for no, no our I issues. Mean, it's just... But it's like, what's the reality of this situation? Yeah. It's uh-huh. like. Again, 50% of violence, crime, violent crimes in America are committed by 13% of the population. That's an issue. Let's yeah. figure out why that issue is. Yeah, we need to understand how to fix issues more than just talking about those issues. Exactly. We as a country, money's not an issue. We can print mm-hmm. as much money as we want. I mean, yeah. Literally, we can print as much money as we want. Yeah. Money. We have put trillions, billions, maybe trillions. We've put so much I mean, money hundreds of billions of dollars in the black community's poverty into the war against poverty and statistically it has not gotten any better it's like that's not the issue you know what you want to do first you go in you start getting father figures you start yeah. going through programs once you get rid of violent crime you have to up your police presence in black communities because then people feel more safe mm-hmm. which a lot of black americans mm-hmm. want anyway do you think we live in some sort of simulation whether it be that somebody's watching us somebody's uh docking our results trying to make a better world and fix these or do you think it's just complete chaos are you saying like 
like a god figure? I mean, a god figure. Like we're part of this whole. We're part of. Realm. So like, I like to think of it like a video game. You're playing a video game. Maybe we're inside of that video game because we don't know this, but that character inside the video game may be real. Yeah. And but they don't know that. Yeah. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Kind of a trippy little. It's a, it's a idea, weird thing to think yeah. about. Personally, I believe I, I'm a believer. I'm. Christian, I believe mm-hmm. in God. I do believe that something happens after you die. Mm-hmm. We might, yeah, we might not know exactly what. And I've had events in my life that have strengthened that faith. My grandma died last November. You know, I was real close to her, but as mm-hmm. she was on her deathbed, she was like, "I'm seeing things." You know, yeah. she's experienced. You know, talked about. You know, kind of had this glassy look in her eyes. She experienced. You know, oh, I'm seeing God. You know, yeah. I'm seeing my 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 grandpa, you know, who had died, her son, you know, all these things. And obviously I don't think there's any reason a 91 year old woman is going to lie on her deathbed, you know, you know, she has no reason to do that. So I think there is obviously something Mm -hmm. that happens. Um, but I think when it comes to controlling what we do, I believe that God put us all here, but the beauty of it is, is he believes in the good of humanity Mm -hmm. because I think every human, you know, human nature is eternally good. Um, but we have to, I think we all have to get back to the idea of that even if there's all these things happening, whatever, the only person that controls you is you. There's this, well, I'm not accountable for my actions. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what I say. You know, people are getting away yeah. from that like people, accountability factor. People need to focus on what's important. They need to look at the bigger picture. They need to... And just understanding each other. Yeah. It all ties back mm-hmm. into it's like, well, I don't want to listen to you. Well, why not? Yeah, why, I mean... That's okay if you don't listen to me. If you don't want to watch the podcast, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but why not, like you said? And when you're having those conversations with people, like, just be open to other ideas. Nobody's mm-hmm. saying you have to Yeah, think nobody's saying you, you have to believe one way, you have to believe this. It's, yeah. we're in a free country. And we have our freedom over ourselves uh-huh. and what we choose to believe. Right. And again, it's okay to believe what you believe. That's your truth. That doesn't mean it's the truth. Exactly. But it doesn't mean that their truth is the truth either. Yeah. You know, maybe there's some there's some things that are very absolute in this world, but you really think about it, everything is in its own sense opinionated. And we have to just be willing to accept other people's ideas. Just to be more take conscientious it with a of it, take it with exactly. salt. And so yeah. that's the whole big revolving issue with cancel culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it all comes back to the root of accountability and just treating other people like humans, it's right. a he- it's a heavy topic. To it's a very with, it's a very heavy topic. So let's let's move into something stuff good that's to, something, something good to talk, talk about. about. Yeah. All right. So are you a fan of any sort of NBA team or just I'm LeBron? Huge, I know you're a huge LeBron fan. I'm a massive LeBron fan. For anybody who knows me, I just I one I'll explain. I'm a huge LeBron fan because I'm just I appreciate greatness. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously a fan of basketball in general. Like I'm a basketball savant. Like yeah. I I have my coaching license. I've coached. I've played basketball my entire life. Fell in love with the game. Obviously, LeBron is a big reason that, but there's all these other influences. So I yeah. just, I'm a big basketball fan. Um, as far as team wise, I'm a LeBron mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. Wherever he goes, I, I go. Yeah, I, um, I do see that people who like LeBron a lot, they just care about LeBron, which is a great thing. Yeah. It's and it's not. I wouldn't say it's like a bandwagon thing. It's just like you said, well, he you loses. Know, I mean, exactly. So it's, <laughs> so it's not a bandwagon. Bandwagon thing. would be taking the winning team. Uh-huh. And like you said, it's just appreciating greatness. I appreciate his game. I appreciate everything about it. I think he's one of the best players. I think he's the second best player to ever do it. I know you think he's the first, uh-huh. but I think some of the stuff he does off the court can get away from him as well. 
Yes. It can help mm-hmm. his legacy as far as role model, but it also hurts him. Obviously, in some people's minds, I maybe don't agree with everything politically he says. Yeah. Um, but he does good things, you know, building schools for kids in yeah, his community, he, doing better in his community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he does make a difference. I think. He does. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. He's, I mean, he's a great person, but some of the stuff he does do, he can, says, some, it things, says yeah. some things, he does some things that can get out of hand, but it's, it's just the cool He definitely does better than a lot. Oh, you know, Michael yep. Jordan, I wouldn't say was the best role model. I would, kids. I would agree with that. He's his own person. He's had, he's been in topics of having gambling addiction, addiction. Uh, apparently, been kicked out of the league when he retired. Uh, that's definitely. he owns a team now. Huh? I guess suspended. I suspended is what I should say. Sorry, but the rookie Anthony Edwards of the Timberwolves. You know who that is? I do. Um, he went out and said, "This is a quote from him." I've never seen so many people be so happy to see an athlete fail more than LeBron. So, so true. And I, I have to put people on why this that argument helps LeBron and why it makes LeBron so great in, in basketball. We're talking in the realm of basketball. He, since he was 17 years old, he was put on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. He's had the most immense amount of pressure on his mm-hmm. shoulders to deliver, over-deliver, whatever. Uh-huh. We've never seen another athlete under the spotlight of scrutiny that we've seen LeBron James under. Not mm-hmm. even close to Michael, Michael Jordan. Nobody even knew who Michael Jordan was until he had his breakout rookie season in the exactly, NBA. Exactly, exactly. You know, he won, he won with UNC, but look who he played with. Mm-hmm. Kareem at UNC, you know, all these great players. But LeBron, since he was 17 years old, 16, 17 years he's old. He's been in the spotlight. He's been in the spotlight, already touted as going to be an NBA great. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to take this trash franchise in the Cavaliers to a championship. He was being asked that in high school, and it's like, he's still under that scrutiny. It's like, mm-hmm. he goes out, let's, he had a recent game, and this is just to put it in, in example. He goes out with a hurt ankle. He's probably 50%. Yep. No Anthony Davis. Yep. A hurt Lakers squad. Some role players playing against a pretty good Suns team. He he goes out. He drops 29 points. And he leads his team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. So yep. he was doing things I mean, on the offensive end. Yeah. And yet we sat there and talked about how LeBron had the worst. That was one of the worst performances of his career. I, Why didn't he show up? I mean, and you got to look at He's... What, 30, 30, 36? 30, I do not think he deserves all the hate, but he does out, act out of hand sometimes. But, and that's why he maybe does get some of the hate. I can see the hate off the court, but I think basketball-wise, when Anthony Edwards says that, it's more of like, within basketball, we want to see him falter. Mm-hmm. And he's been so amazing. Like, in the last 12 years, he's been literally almost perfect. He's ran into, obviously, some really crappy situations as far as the greatest teams to ever play basketball. Oh, yeah. That is... You that know, is things like that. There's some thing. things that luck just isn't on your side. Injuries, yeah. whatever. Like this year, you know, injuries matter. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people that love to see him not win. And I think Michael and, Jordan had a little bit of that, too. Oh, yeah. People wanted yeah. to see Michael Jordan lose. And, Anybody great. And I think what a lot of it is is that people see somebody like LeBron in the spotlight for 15, 20 years. All this jealousy built up. Like, oh, I want him to fail. Screw him. I don't want exactly. to see him. Or, and, and doing things that are best for himself. So him leaving Cleveland in 2010, there's so much hate, you know, this. Oh, yeah. But you really think about it, it's like LeBron would never be LeBron. You know, he was already amazing as he was. I mean, he was young. At 22 years old, what Luka Doncic is now. Mm-hmm. We just watched Luka Doncic put up four 40-point games in a series yeah. at 22 years old. LeBron at 22 years old dragged one of the, the, the worst, worst Cavs, the worst mm-hmm. NBA team 
You I can't even name other than Delonte West on that team. <laughs> Agaskis, maybe. other those two, I can't name anybody on that basketball team. No, he dragged them all the way to the finals uh-huh. and then lost to a Spurs team at twenty two years old. And you look at Luca's team. You know, Luca's a great player, and he's he's got Kristaps, who is he's a good player. He's he gets better. a lot of hate. He's better than he anybody else on that. Too. He was he trash, was, but garbage, yeah. but. That's, that's on him. That's, yeah. I mean. It's just nuts because it's like there was so much expected on him. He obviously, they never built around him. He had to leave to do what was best for him, his yeah. situation. He wanted yeah. to succeed. It's different from like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, in yeah. my opinion. I think that was a weak Because he, he did have, in the, the spot that he was in, he did have a chance of winning a title with Russ. Exactly. And building more pieces around that. That's like LeBron losing the Celtics in 2010 and then going and joining the Celtics. Yeah. Willie, yeah. Like, first of all, Boston would have never take him. Boston hates LeBron. Yeah, he's he's the most. He would never ever go to Boston. But this, it's that hate of like doing what's best for you. You and, know, it made him such a villain in the NBA. And the narrative of if you don't, if you can't beat him, join him. I hate that narrative. Like if somebody beats me, I'm gonna come back 110 times harder and kick. Way. I'm the same way. I'm extremely competitive. Uh-huh. Even if I'm against the odds anyway, and even if I fail, I'm going to continue to mm-hmm. try. Exactly. I like to be sometimes on those underdog teams. It's nice to be on a mm-hmm. winning team, but no, nah, I I thought it was so uncompetitive, and it was so mm-hmm. uncompetitive for the NBA because it was like, oh, that team's going to win. And then you see it again in Brooklyn right now. Yeah. That's really, it just pisses uh-huh. me off. And it's good to see that the NBA is moving t- more towards a competitive NBA with it the did get better. tournament. It did, and it, it got, got better duo-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I think last year was the most exciting year as far as, yeah. obviously, I think LeBron was the favorite to go with. Because um, LeBron's, if you got LeBron James on your team, your chance of winning championships, I mean, you're a favorite, if not one of the top two mm-hmm. favorites. Like, yeah. every year, just because you're LeBron, you got LeBron on your team. I, I wish the bubble hadn't happened, um, but in a sense, it helped because there were so many duos in the right, NBA, like right. one-two punches that could have won. You had James Harden, Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook together. You had the Bucks. You had the Heat just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You had Nuggets. The you Nets got... until they added James Harden, uh-huh. which they ruined that. But you had the Nuggets. You know, now they're at, you know, they have an MVP in Jokic, mm-hmm. but they're missing Jamal Murray. Clay Thompson and Curry next year, that's going to be yeah. fun to watch. And they've got Wiggins, Wiseman, yep. Draymond still. Kawhi they've... Leonard, Paul George. Uh-huh. You have the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. There's, there's a lot of competition Devin out there. Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Uh-huh. There's It's getting better to a competitive stage. Teams like Brooklyn. Nets. The Nets, God. I still think that they could lose that series. I mean, they could sweep them. It could be over in I sure hope three, four days, but I hope they don't. I'm dis- the West, I mean, really think about it, the West is wide open. West the, is, East, the West is complete. The Nets are not an easy out of the East right now. I think, I think it comes down for the East. Whoever wins the Nets Buck series will most likely go to the finals. That's what I personally think. I think the 76ers got a 76ers, win. they've got some. If they're healthy, which Joel and B just came off a torn meniscus, dropped 39 and 40. Mm-hmm. 42. So he had, yeah. he's averaging like 41 and a half points he's, a game. He's, like balling. He's, he's balling right now. I think the 76ers are built no, it'll to be, win. But Atlanta looks good. Yeah, Atlanta looks good. The playoffs with now with LeBron out, everything. I mean, uh-huh. that's the thing you really think about. It. It's like every year, it's like LeBron's in it. Mm-hmm. Probably LeBron coming out of that. And now oh, that yeah. he's out, yeah. everything's blown wide open, especially in the West. This is the first time in ten years that LeBron or Stephen Curry will not be in the finals. Exactly. That's a and it's crazy the first time on Curry, Kobe, and Shaq since two thousand. <laughs> that's that. 20, 21, 20 years, 21 years, those four players have been in every single NBA Finals at least. That's, I mean, that's crazy. That's nuts. That's, you don't realize, like, 
how impressive that is unless like you're a huge student and it's so hard to win a championship Mm -hmm. i don't think people realize it's Mm -hmm. extremely hard no matter how good you are because it's you're the best at the the highest stage and that's why i think again i think that's that's another reason that elevates lebron's case for the best player in the world Mm -hmm. is he did it 10 he's been 10 times he's been there 10 times that is so Mm -hmm. physically exhausting and the teams he had to play, the competition, we'll be honest, I know you're a Jordan fan, mm-hmm. but do you really think Jordan's finals competition was harder than LeBron's? Um, I, I, it's, it's so tough to say. This argument is so tough because we live in a completely different era. Mm-hmm. So you don't know how those players would have played in this era. You don't know how these players would have played I think in that, that era. Goes, I think that works for the player argument. I don't know if that necessarily works for the team argument. Like the 2017 Warriors are the greatest team to ever Ever be a basketball team. Ever, ever then be you assembled. got the 2001 Lakers after that. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can throw in, obviously, a Bulls team and the 96 Bulls team, but you yeah. also have the 2018 Warriors. It's just it's just a tough thing because we really don't know and we will never know. It's just no, completely but up, I, up I for think debate. You and it's think, a fun thing to talk about. True. But I think from a basketball standpoint, the most logical way we can look at it is like, it's a lot harder to beat a today's team because like a Michael Jordan's team trying to guard a Stephen Curry and a yeah. Kevin Durant, yeah. but it's more the shooting. Shooting is so much better now. And mm-hmm. the three-pointer was it's not evolved. a big thing. No. Back yeah. when Jordan played, it was mid-range. Like he was a mid-range guy. Mid-range specialist. And finishing yeah. at the rim. It's like nowadays, they just light you up on threes. So you could make 19 jumpers. They'll make... 14, 15 threes, and you're down 15. You're down, yeah. Right like there. Like the Bucks. They like made, they will light you up. Yeah, the Bucks, they made, what was it, 30-something threes in a game in the playoffs? They set a new playoff record. Yeah, three-pointer changed everything. The pace of the game is faster. The mm-hmm. athletes are athletes today are physically more imposing than athletes then. Yep. You know, I know he was more physical then, but athletes are built better today. They're, I would say the NBA is just as physical in a different way. Yeah. No, you can't blatantly shove each other, punch each other in the face, yeah. you know, all that. And that's not the player's fault. The league had to change that, obviously, mm-hmm. with the safety of players, careers, injuries, whatever. But the league is still physical in its own way. Yeah. Men are stronger. They jump higher. They run faster. Like, you mm-hmm. you know, and everyone's like, well, there's no defense in the NBA. Well, if you watch basketball in the NBA, they're playing defense. If you went yeah. to an NBA player oh, yeah. and said you're not – you're not playing defense, they'd probably punch you in the face. Yeah. It's like a competitor. Someone uh-huh. comes up and tells you you're not doing something. It's like, really? Uh-huh. You know, it's I'm like, track. Oh, know? yeah. But the offensive ability in today's game is so it's good. So, it's it so makes above. It, it makes them look it like they're not playing defense. Mm-hmm. They're playing fucking defense. Oh, yeah. Good offense is always better than good defense. Mm-hmm. Dude, that, is, that is a very good point. But I'm the type of player, or not type of player, I'm the type of person to believe that best defense ever assembled that you're gonna shut down one of the best offenses ever assembled. Not maybe not the Warriors, but a team like the Nets. Maybe I think they would the, kill the Bulls. I think the Bulls would slow them down for sure. I think it depends on who makes who play their pace because it goes back to that mm-hmm. argument of well, today the game's mm-hmm. pace is three times faster, yeah. so conditioning is completely different uh-huh. too. You know, you wouldn't be able to defend at such a high level like Michael, Michael Jordan would not be able in today's game to defend at the same level he did back in the nineties. Because yeah. he has to outlet his game into a much, much faster-paced mm-hmm. game. Yeah. He wouldn't have the same energy as then. But who's going to guard a 7-foot Kevin Durant? Nobody. Nobody <laughs> blocks Nobody. that shot. Nobody. I don't care if you're Jordan. Jordan uh-huh. in a one-on-one against Kevin Durant gets cooked. Mm-hmm. My thing is, if I was a coach, I'm letting Durant score 40 points. I'm putting Jordan on Harden. I'm putting Pippen on Kyrie or vice versa, whatever it may be. I'm letting Durant do whatever he wants because you're not stopping Durant. 
No. And I don't think you're stopping Harden either. Or Harden. Kyrie. I mean, I don't think you're stopping any of those three. They're, they're, they're probably, so they're, good at their own. Like, Kyrie Ring is the greatest dribbler mm-hmm. of all time. You think Michael Jordan ever saw anything close to. The, one of the closest thing he saw was Allen Iverson. And Allen Iverson mm-hmm. was a crossover killer, but no one had the finesse, like the combo. Like, the fact I, that he can do a one two combo, it's like you uh-huh. might stop combo one two. He ain't supposed to have number three, <laughs> yeah. but he does. Yeah. And, and if you stop number three somehow. Somehow you stop that. He's got number four. Mm-hmm. It's like there's these endless options. So I don't think you stop mm-hmm. Tyree Irving either or Jimmy You also have to look at the flip side of that with all the new technology, the new training, the new whatever. Absolutely. You don't know what players back then could yeah. have been now. Jordan's diet could have been better. Mm-hmm. All these different things, mm-hmm. they could have adjusted accordingly. Mm-hmm. Players are exposed to better stuff now than they were back then. And I think, but at the, you know, at the same time too, it's those players that was, some of that technology was available then, but it, it was not a norm. Mm-hmm. It was a, I want to do what I want to do. So basketball wasn't that main priority, Yeah. which I, I can see where that affects the career length that affects maybe how you play. But at the same time, personal choice affects your legacy as well. Mm-hmm. So the fact that LeBron, and he's the best example of this, I mean, he spends almost $2 million a year yeah, on his body. body. That shouldn't be a, disservice to world maybe no. that's why he no. says it. it's like that should help his Nuh-uh. case that the fact he's so disciplined and mm-hmm. continues to care about it because he wants to have such a long successful uh-huh. career that should play into uh-huh. why he's arguably the greatest player of all mm-hmm. time and i think you're always going to have that you know based on generation yeah. or this or that they're always going to be one two they're both one and two they're in their own uh-huh. class kobe none of them are in the one two is solidified right yeah i don't I, see anybody threatening. i would i would 100 percent agree with that you know you got LeBron and Jordan, vice versa, one, yeah. two. And then you've got guys like Kobe, Kareem. That's where it starts getting harder. Once you go three to ten, uh-huh. that's a little closer. What's your three to five? What do you think? I did, I got asked this the other day. I think LeBron, Jordan, and then three is Kobe. Actually, I'm going to change that. Actually, I think Kareem. And then it goes Kobe. And then it goes probably Magic. And it goes Larry. Uh-huh. Seven... I think would be probably God. That's it's just so hard. It's like so once hard. you get it, you could get once Shaq get... in there maybe, or Tim Duncan's maybe in that top ten. Yeah. Kevin Durant, if he wins another title, he might sneak into the top ten. I think he it, might he be could. number ten. Although his championships are much easier to win than like a LeBron's yeah. twenty sixteen yeah. championship. Yeah. But it's it's always changing. But I think the I think Kobe. LeBron and Jordan top five. Kareem could be a little bit like Kareem was crazy. I think oh, was Kareem was crazy. But I think Kobe is solidified. Always going to be a top five player, no matter mm-hmm. what. Um, and LeBron and Jordan one or two. I see literally nobody competing with LeBron or Jordan's legacy except maybe right now that has the potential. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic. I would agree with that, but I think Luka Doncic. I think I think he'll be the greatest player ever to not win a championship. You don't think he's ever going to win a championship? No. He's going to be around a lot. He's going to be around. Kevin Durant's no longer going to be in the league. What? Curry's no longer going to be in the league. I think he wins two or three. I think within the next five years, he wins a championship. And and it's hard to say because you don't know with other players. You don't know if Giannis is going to develop a three-point. There could be guys like Chet Holmgren, uh, who's ever coming in the draft. I don't really know the top prospects. Zion. Zion and B.I. I mean, you just don't know. That's a bold take. It's a bold take. So, I guess I kind of want to just one quick other argument on the sports side of things. Who's the best player in the world today? Ooh, <laughs> that's tough. I would say, I would, I would have to say LeBron or Giannis. 
And I'm gonna agree with the LeBron take. I think people forget, like there's this whole like narrative around well LeBron's getting old, father times catch up. He's, no. He's still playing like he's a not, top five NBA player in the league right now. And he's still putting up the numbers. He's still leading his team to how far he can lead him. He just dealt with injuries this year. Yeah. Because I don't hate LeBron as a player. Everyone just looks at like, oh well, he lost in the first round of playoffs. But you have to think of it's like two, it's like, oh father Tim hit him. Not at all, because first of all, his body's not breaking down at all. His ankle injury was a freak accident. A player landed on his ankle. Right. Like, that was nothing to do with LeBron's durability whatsoever. That's a freak accident, right? Mm-hmm. Before AD gets hurt, when they're all healthy for the first 26 yep. games, they're, they were 21-6 and six in the first 27 games. Uh-huh. Right? That's pretty impressive. Coming That's... off a championship season, only 70 days off. So it has nothing to do with LeBron's age. And I'm telling you, next right. year, that man's coming back with vengeance. So I know you host the alumni game for your school and... Is it Edco? Edco, yep. school rival of ours. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, kind of get back into that um, being in love with the game of basketball uh-huh. and wanting to be continue involved. You know, I obviously miss playing competitive basketball. Yep. I play pickup all the time, but it's not the same. You know, yeah, and, crowd yeah. and so I'm like, what better it's, way? Yeah. To raise money for a good cause, as and, and everyone gets to mm-hmm. play basketball and you get to bring everybody together in community and obviously bring out rivalries. And uh-huh. So Edco's a big rival. Uh-huh. I don't it, like Edco. No, I mean, I, I we went to school, what, 20 minutes apart. And Where'd you go to school? North Bay Valley. Oh, okay, yep. Yep, and so we, I don't know if we were in the same conference for how long. We were. I played you guys uh-huh. in high school. Lance? Lance, Lance, is, <laughs> Lance is actually, he's a, yeah. technically a Starman alumni because he went his freshman year. So he's gonna play in this year's game. He's on oh, my team. Oh, yeah! yeah. Lance is on Shout out Lance if he's watching. Yeah. Um, but no, he's he can ball. He can ball. Yeah, he's a shooter. And going back to the competitive factor, it's just the hype and seeing the crowd. Did you play basketball? No, I didn't play basketball. I played football, ran track, and gotcha. baseball till junior. I think. I wish I wish I did play basketball, but I just focused on football and track more. I don't think we. I never lost to you guys when I. Played. So do you have like hype up music that you listen to before games, or like yes. a certain playlist um, you go to? Yes, I like. I'm one of those people like when I listen to a song, it's. I don't like to be the person who gets like too high or too mm-hmm. low or too. You know uh, what I mean? Because like you get too, in, too into it or yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you you know I think emotional drainage mm-hmm. is a thing. I think you can get yeah. too high done before a game and then just drain. Um, I like to listen to songs that help me envision what I'm going to do yeah. in a sport. Uh-huh. Like I'm like, oh, I can see myself shooting a three uh-huh. over someone and splashing their face during this song. Like that gives me like the yeah. flow of the game. I can see myself the way I put myself on the court. That's, that's a good one. Or in sports in general, yeah. it's something I can uh-huh. imagine. So do you like listen to rap or rock or classic hits before you? Big rap more? guy. Big rap. Um, not much of rock at all. Mm-hmm. Hate country music. Uh. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Sorry for. I mean, I'm, a, I'm not a big country, country fan either. But I don't know. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for people who live that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It relates to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Personally, for me, like before football games or track meets, I would like lock in with like Juice World or Lil okay. Baby or. I have to say, something. I was never a big Juice World oh. fan. Like I didn't. His music was weirdly like too depressing for me. Mm-hmm. It was super it's, relatable. He was like uh-huh. really good on that. It's but, Juice World. He's a guy that you really have to relate to. It, you did relate to him, but like you have to relate to him on another level to yeah, really yeah. get into him and really get into his music. Because I, I would say I've never been with someone who really 
and, and I'm so lucky in that sense of like I've really never had like depression mm-hmm. or anxiety Which, to about yeah, like it. I'm a very uh-huh. social person mm-hmm. I'm calm mm-hmm. I'm very easy to talk to get along with other people uh-huh. if I want I can be polarizing but that's just because I like to talk yeah. you know some people disagree mm-hmm. with me but I've never really faced that like heavy feeling a lot mm-hmm. you know I've had yeah. my moments but yeah but everybody does <laughs> yeah but I wouldn't say there's like there's some people there's... I think the people that relate with Juice World the most are those people that have that mm-hmm. more than normal or have that I, anxiety I 100% agree and they deal with and, it all the time and the great thing about music is is that everybody likes their own music and they can relate to it in their own way mm-hmm. like my dad he loves older rock mm-hmm. and it's it's what he grew up he, what he grew up with and it's just great to see like his energy when he listens to it and it's it that that sort of stuff really fascinates me. music is literally i and i'll be honest i think if like the suicide rate would be through the roof death rates would be through the roof succession in life would be down immensely if we didn't have music if we didn't have music music mm-hmm. literally is music one of the best like non prescription mm-hmm. like prescribed medicines ever like it is a self healing music saves lives it literally does because mm-hmm. do you know logic i do uh, yeah that 1-800 song yep. um he opened up in an interview and said that he had people coming to him and said that you really saved my life with songs before that so he took the spin on it and said well what if i made a song that helped people mm-hmm. save save yeah. themselves save their lives and it turned out to be a smash hit yeah like music is such a way it, it describes cultures mm-hmm. it describes people it helps heal people um, it helps people succeed like that's our motivation yeah. it, the, the things it does for society and this world is it's crazy it is and you know I'm, I'm I'll listen to music all day every day I love music I love listening to new music I love talking about music I love putting people onto new music and it's just when you give somebody new music and they love it, it's just that feeling, that energy you can't you can't describe. Yeah, it. and there's and and what's great about music is there's like spots for everyone. Yeah, because everyone's mm-hmm. gonna like your the, every person is gonna have some people that like their music. Mm-hmm. Now you know obviously you have a musical genius when it's someone that can like hit masses of people and yeah. relate the same way because we're all so different. Exactly. So when the musical artist can hit every single like a, a uh-huh. huge majority of people like Michael Jackson or The Weeknd when they can hit all these different yeah. types of people it's or, crazy or even Drake mm-hmm. or right. um, you know you could say um, you know there's some country artists that have hit that uh-huh. way like exactly. some people like I'm not even a country fan but there's some like, there's some artists that I do enjoy do well. but then you have you know all these different up and coming you know the baby little mm-hmm. baby you know, all these oh, different gee, little, yeah. yeah, and then you have the slower singer, you have Sam Smith, like uh-huh. I think he's a great singer, like a pure yeah. singer, and then you have these, you know, Taylor Swift seemed to hit a lot of, you uh-huh. know, some guys even. You know. Yeah, I mean. It's weird it's, how, but those are musical genius, they set uh-huh. apart from the rest, but I think in the music space, there's always room for someone to appreciate your work. Exactly. Wherever it is. Exactly. Unless it's complete garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's garbage. But there are some people It's that, easy to make that, garbage it music. It is easy to make garbage music, and there are people that enjoy listening to garbage music. Because people should... <laughs> there, I mean, not come near me. I don't know if it's a health thing, if it's a brain thing. I don't know what yeah. it is, but people enjoy listening yeah. to bad music. And I think, and, and kind of pointing off, like you said, like you can listen to music all day, every day. Like that's like I'm weird. Whereas like there's sometimes 
like today at work, for example, like I can listen to music for an hour and I'm bumping every song uh-huh. on the playlist. I'm like, everything's hitting, right? Sometimes I'm like skipping half the songs because I'm yep. like, man, I don't want to listen to that. Or yeah. sometimes it's like, I don't even want to listen to music. Like I want to listen to a podcast and that's uh-huh. stimulate from a different, like my brain needs a different mm-hmm. stimulation. But like for you to be able to do that, that's in itself, that's, you're obviously attracted to music in a different uh-huh. way. It's like me with basketball. I can play it. Exactly. I can watch it. I can study it. I can coach it. Mm-hmm. I can do all train it. Mm-hmm. I can do all these different things with it. That's you and music. Mm-hmm. I think. Everybody is different in their own way. They all have their own passions. And the more you go into it, the more you unlock about it, the more passionate you get about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like with starting this podcast, talking about music and sports and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's really, really unlocked more. Yeah. Things to do, things to talk about. De- it definitely, it's a realm unlocked of like different abilities too. Right. So like when I started podcasting, because I had my own podcast before this, I don't know if I I did highlight that earlier. We'd hit 100,000 listens in the mm-hmm. first eight episodes. Right. I mean, it was popping. Obviously, I had to stop it. Um, it's a lot of work. It you is. Know, it's a lot test of work. It's a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of putting together. But it's like you, we, we got a podcast for different reasons. Right. I would say I got more into podcasting just because I naturally talk to people. I connect with people mm-hmm. well. You know, I can sit in a mic and mm-hmm. do that. That was my strength. Your strength is you have a little bit of that, uh-huh. but you can put together an episode. Yeah, I would say, and I love sharing my passion about music, about basketball. Yeah, and it might be even too, it's like you might not even be the biggest, like I'm an outgoing talker. Mm-hmm. You might be more of a listener too. I think yeah. I see, I, 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 see I would that. say my, my family would attest that I'm more of a person who takes things in, puts it how I interpret it, and then relates, puts it back out, relates exactly. to it. Mm-hmm. So, Whereas I can do what that is pretty mm-hmm. well, but at the same time, I can prod and poke and push right. and get out of you something where I don't even have to relate, but I'm just like learning uh-huh. about you. And I think that's make conversation that I think way. that's an amazing skill to have. I mean, yeah. Because you can, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but you can almost like manipulate people, not in a bad way. Yeah, no. But I'm, like you can get, you can get things out of people that they people. might not even know yeah. about themselves and th- and I think that was you know and I've I've thought about restarting a podcast um, and one big thing I highlight on is relationships mm-hmm. I have I wouldn't say I'm the most experienced of dating I've you know have You've had a girlfriend now but I've had one girlfriend before that but mm-hmm. I don't think that's what it takes to be good at relationships because look how there's a lot of people that have relationships that are terrible at I think yeah. like I've studied you know after my first relationship you know I broke up with my girlfriend Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't perfect. I wouldn't say I was a bad boyfriend, but there's a lot of things. I was like, why did this go this way? Exactly. Because I'm one of those exactly. people. I don't want a date to break up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, the next relationship I have, I want it to last. I like, uh-huh. I want that to be it. The less heartbreak, the less having to go through, yeah. it, the better. So I studied why it is. So I'm like, put you know that studying, that wanting to educate myself, being curious about that subject, being passionate, right. into I'm also good at talking. Uh-huh. So I'm able to connect those two, and I can sit there and ask you. You know, I can spend an hour with you about your relationships and I can tell you probably within that hour why you're having issues with that person, whether it's a you mm-hmm. thing, them thing, or if it's a both things and solutions exactly. why to do that. You know, that's a... And I've thought about being a therapist. You know, that, I don't know if I would, but... Uh-huh. And that's, that's a great thing to have and to know you can do and you have all these different routes you can take mm-hmm. with it. You can be a therapist, like you said. You can start a podcast. Exactly. You can do this, do that. And and there needs to be a special appreciation for people uh-huh. who do podcasts. Um, 
Because it's, you know, it's, it's a hard thing like, to do. It's hard, but it's a matter of two. It's like you're exposing yourself, your ideas, mm-hmm. your thoughts for the gain of other people, like entertainment, mm-hmm. helping them out, whatever it is. So some of our conversation here might help some people out. Right. Some people it just might have been super fucking entertaining to listen to us uh-huh. talk, which that'd be great. You know? <laughs> yeah. And some people people might say, oh, these guys are dumb. But I you using that. that skill of like, okay, well, my big passion is music and sports. Right. But I also want to learn about all these other, you know, things and, and like I'll put that on other people and help them. You know, maybe yeah. they'll form a different opinion. Yeah. Maybe I'll help them realize something about themselves they didn't know or about a situation because maybe there's a situation that we've had exactly. that's the same from someone else's. And exactly. they're like, oh, maybe oh, that's that why I never thought now. about it that way. Yeah. yeah. But it's the same way from you. It's like I'm not the same. I can't sit there and listen to music all day like mm-hmm. you can, but – Maybe I can explore a little bit different. Exactly. There's different genres. Exactly. So just having mm-hmm. conversations, like podcasts are so freaking important. Uh-huh. Because and it's, it's just the conversation piece of things. It's like kind of like what you said. It's almost like being a therapist. Oh, yeah. In your own sense. It's, this is a form of therapy. It's, it's, it's a form of therapy. And it's like people can really relate to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great to talk about different things. And people can really understand what you're talking about and get where you're coming from. Yeah, so it's, and it's a form of therapy for the, the listener, the viewer, but yeah. it's also a form of therapy They're, between us. Right. You right. know, us building off each other, mm-hmm. just becoming more comfortable in the podcast space. Me, obviously, sitting on this mic, I'm probably, you know, a little more comfortable than you are. Exactly. But that's starting. Yeah. Like, that's, you're in your third episode. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've only done eight episodes, but it's, you know, being natural or talking. But that's the thing is me being here, just, you know, having these episodes – you get more and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You get better at what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. And I feel so that effect of um, passing one to the other. In this is my third episode. I feel I've grown immensely when oh, yeah. those three episodes with whether it be editing, recording, getting well, stuff together. Well, that first one, you're like, well, I don't really know how to start this. And, yeah. and you kind of pick up that. It's you like, just, what's, what's the feel mm-hmm, of it? Cause, and, yeah, because it's like, it's a conversation, but it's a guided conversation. Yeah, and you don't want it to and be you don't too want rocky. It. Exactly. But that's the thing too is like, okay, well maybe they don't want to start the uh-huh. same race, but you get through that first part because you eventually get good at those little things, mm-hmm. the little things that make it run all the way smoothly. But the the meat of the conversation, yeah, I don't think it's been bad. No, like it's been smooth. It, it's been it gets, good. Mm-hmm. You don't have those awkward pauses exactly. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's a form of therapy in its own way. Exactly. You know, where it, it's a working therapy uh-huh. for us, but at the same time we're able to to share what we love, share what we exactly. want to talk about. But. Exactly. Yeah. But I really enjoyed you yeah. having me on today. Yeah, I mean, I, awesome to... Third episode, first third, guest. Exactly. Awesome. I mean, great thing to talk about. You have to bring to me back. We're talking oh, about something else. I mean, I'm excited I'm, to see where this goes. Me too. And people definitely need to, and I'm going to yeah. be putting it out on my page. Oh, yeah, Tell sure. people, all the people I know about mm-hmm. it to go listen in on it. I know a lot of people will tune in. Kind of just get hooked on it because exactly. there's a lot of people I know that like music mm-hmm. that might just watch this. Exactly. And it's just, it's great though because it's like starting something like this just people you know just willing to support that exactly and it could turn into something big but at the same time you know you enjoy doing it for the hours and hours you put into it just because you like doing it exactly it's just fun it's just fun and it's something different i'll tell you what like me being known as i literally would go places people i've never met like you're the podcast guy (laughs) and that's after two (laughs) or three episodes that's awesome like right and it's like how do you know? Sure. That? Yeah. You don't know my name, but sure. sure. I'm the podcast guy. Like, yeah. I like being like different in that sense. Uh-huh. So no, like it's it's just an definitely awesome thing props to you for putting like this Heck together. Yeah. It only gets better. Your studio is going to get better. Uh-huh. The talking points to get better. Yeah. 
So I really appreciate you having me. Of course. Anything you, you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. If you want to yeah. follow me on Instagram, yeah. All right. Carson uh, C A R S O N and right. Willie dot Willie. Yeah, you can follow me, but I'll be. Uh, I I definitely will be sharing out the link on YouTube and everything like that. Sure, for, people for sure. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for tuning in. There will be an exclusive part to this episode over on Spotify. So make sure you guys do check that out. Until next time, peace out.